Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Lonnie. Yes. What is a reason for buying an ice cream in a cone when you get an ice cream at an ice cream parlor? So you can lick it? Yep. Easy to hold? Yep. Maybe you want two. You can have one in each hand. Um... Not where I was going. I was more thinking the delicious waffle flavour of the cone and the delicious chocolatey bit at the bottom. That is the best bit. Or the bit where the ice cream goes down and it's all crunchy and amazing. It's so nice because you've you've had to work for it. If you just, if you just bought that bit, it wouldn't be very nice, but because you've had to lick the whole thing. Right. Mm-hmm. You, I feel like you only, you're only eating the top bit to get to the bottom. Exactly, yes. No one's enjoying the top bit as much as they're enjoying the bottom. You just power through, you know. Follow-up question. Mm-hmm. Is there a worse feeling than eating the whole ice cream and getting to the bottom and knowing that you've reached that lovely pinnacle of the ice cream to drop it on the ground? No, I think that's the worst thing in the world. I've got my mint chocolate chip ice cream, i got my waffle cone, and I bloody dropped the end bit on the ground, didn't I? I'm not going to lie, I actually felt like crying a bit. Like I was actually really... If we were went in public with friends, would you have cried? If we were on our own, I definitely would have shed a tear. Hey <laughs> there. This is I Only Like You. My name's Lonnie. I'm here with my girlfriend, Sine. Hello. This is our podcast that we do. Thank you for listening already. See? I love you listeners. That's how you get them, Sine. And they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> this week we've watched Manchester by the Sea, and that's why I said the Ahoy bit, but it's not really that sort of movie. No pirates at all. It's actually quite sad, so don't laugh at that. I don't think pirates say Ahoy. Some, some do. No, like old sailor men, salt of the earth, men of the sea, who have like an eye patch and who, fish. who are pirates. No, no, not the pirate people. They say, um, you know, the pirate thing. Ahoy? No, no, the thing that pirates say. What? Um, there's like a thing that pirates say. Arr? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah. Um, well, before we get to that, um, daytime TV has got me annoyed this week and actually the last four years. So since I finished school, I've been at uni. Treat me. But it does mean that I've been at home a lot more during the day with, you know, the odd hours that uni students have. Sometimes you're mm. at uni like every bloody once a week or something. You're not 9 to 5 Monday to Friday, are you? You sure ain't. And so I don't watch TV all day. Usually I was doing assignments and stuff, but I'd have it on during when I'm having lunch or something, you know, as a normal person does. And I know I'm not the first person to comment on the, the you know, the shitness <laughs> of daytime TV, but it's really bad, isn't it? nothing to watch during the day why is it all crap is it like a government thing to make people go to work maybe have we 
stumbled upon a conspiracy here. Here we go. So they put shit on the TV so people don't want to watch TV, so they want to go out of the house and do stuff. Because here's what you get on daytime TV channels. Soap operas, streamed um, talk shows from the US, like the NBC Today yeah, thing. And they're like two days behind usually. Yeah. So You've got like Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil. Mm-hmm. You've got generally a channel that's Daniel's Direct selling you TV stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. Ellen's pretty good sometimes. Yes, but she's only on one hour. I don't want to like, she and can't be my only show. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I, I actually thought when they got all the digital channels that this might change. There might be a, like a whole channel dedicated to like good stuff, right? It hasn't though. There's it's just actually, more shit. It is more bad stuff, right? I'm surprised I haven't got funeral insurance by now. <laughs> that's all they bloody talk about. It's less than a cup of coffee a day, isn't it? I love the infomercials and how like awful they are at making them sound natural they, if anything turns me off buying something it's being in an infomercial <laughs> yeah i feel like though if we got pay tv or something i'm not sure that it would help anything well that's right we sometimes we babysit sometimes we cat sit i should say <laughs> for my aunt and she has pay tv and we watch it and it's, it's just more bad stuff really although we have stumbled <laughs> upon a golden show yes called House Hunters mm-hmm. and it is amazing and it is from the US and they generally have like um, a couple from somewhere in America looking to relocate to somewhere else and they give them like three houses that meet their criteria but none of them meet all of their criteria they're all missing one thing on their list and they have to decide which house they're gonna buy and it's just brilliant. The best fun the best fun in any reality TV show I reckon is Picking someone to hate. Yeah. And normally we pick somebody to hate, like either the husband or the wife. Or like, you know, sometimes it's like a mum and a daughter, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. There's def- well, they don't make it difficult for us to pick one. That dickhead last week who wanted somewhere to iron. That, yeah, that's a fine. He that's, wanted an ironing room. That's totally fine. Everyone likes to iron. I don't iron, so <laughs> I'm sure Sine likes to iron in a place where she has plenty of room. But he made it like his whole mission in life. It was so strange. It was really weird, wasn't it? But it's a great show. It's one of those shows that's super trashy but super addictive. Yeah, like we think of ourselves as intellectuals and we watch good stuff and whatever, but no, we watched this a lot recently. I love House Hunters. (laughs) (laughs) What about Texas Flip and Move? Not as much of a fan of that as House Hunters. Um, They they go a bit too to the dickhead side of the scale for me. I'm not so into the block sort of style show either where they, like, you know, tear apart a house and put it back together and stuff. I think it's kind of cool, but, like, you know, that, I've seen the plenty of that over the years. I love the the really in-depth discussions they have about the house that doesn't have a walk-in robe and whether they can live with that for the rest of their lives. <laughs> <laughs> really funny. There's room for parody there, isn't there? You know, I definitely want to mm. do something. And then every now and then they have a movie on, but... It's always a shitty Maver TV movie. Yeah. Like, I understand how can I get the latest blockbusters or whatever because they're expensive and stuff, but there are plenty of good movies that are probably old now that you could have on. So, let's say Notting Hill. I don't know why that came to my mind, but it did. So, say Channel 7 bought the rights to Notting Hill, not sponsored by any of these people, why can't they play it during the day? You've already got the sponsorship. Like, you don't need people to watch it. Oh, you're going to pay for the ads, though. Ah, so well, unless they want... say but you a think certain it... number of people to watch it. To... I suppose so, but you wouldn't think it It would probably do better than some of the other. Like if one channel had Notting Hill on, you think everyone would watch that because it's actually a good movie compared to... And buddy... there's nothing else on yeah. the TV. <laughs> yeah. 
Obviously, they don't care about people who are home during the day. I just don't understand why they can't be something good on. Hmm. Well, everyone now has got Netflix and mm. video games and stuff. I suppose it's kind of a forgotten market. But Maybe we'll go back to, like, not having TV during the days and then we'll just t- all turn on our TVs at 6 o'clock and watch the good stuff. Hmm. You know, it'll only be like a nighttime thing. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'd, well, I'd rather have a job and stuff during the day. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Manchester by the Sea. Now, we've seen this actually like a while ago by the time this podcast goes up. So, mm. um, But I think it should just be coming out in the theatres because we saw, we saw like a preview screening. So we that's did. good. We saw it as part of the uh, Brisbane Asia Pacific Film Festival. Not really sure what this film has to do with Brisbane, Asia or the Pacific. Um, I've got a guess. Yeah. None of the above. Okay. Yeah. Especially because it's set in like Boston, yeah. which is <laughs> pretty far away from the Pacific Ocean if you, in Asia for that matter. <laughs> and there are no Asian characters in the film. Not at all. It had nothing to do with it, but we were very lucky that we got to see it. Yeah, definitely. So the film stars my boy Casey Affleck. Stop saying my boy for everyone that you like. They can't be your boy. They can be my boys. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so Casey Affleck plays um, a really messed up dude, to be honest. He's gone through some really tragic things in his life and another tragedy happens and he's forced to go back to his um, childhood home uh, to look after his nephew and sort of put together um, his his nephew's life, really, mm. be there for his family yeah. while dealing with his own issues that he's sort of been avoiding. Mm-hmm. Um, it's directed by a guy called Kenneth Lonergan, I think. Um, he's only done a few films and his last film actually took ages to like edit and, and get out there. So mm. it's been a bit of a while between drinks for this fella, but, um, really, really awesome film. He wrote and directed it. Casey Affleck is an amazing actor. I feel he's looking more and more like his brother as he ages. Mm. Um, and I feel kind of sorry for him because he's just known as Ben Affleck's brother. He probably never gets, you know. To be seen in his own light as a really good actor, but well, he's now amazing. He sh- yeah, now he should be. Hey, he's, absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets nominated for an Oscar for this film. Yeah, it is an incredible, incredible performance. I'd like to point people towards the recent um, WTF um, with Mark Maron interview with Casey Affleck. Um, it's podcast form. Everyone, you know, should know that. Um, it's amazing. Really interesting insight into him as a person and his life growing up and his acting style. He's never really had any acting lessons today. Mm. The only thing he's had was like a high school teacher. Yeah. And he, st- he still follows the lessons he was taught by his high school wow, teacher. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It must be so weird being um, like in a famous family like that because it's it's amazing enough and hard enough for one person to become successful, let alone two brothers. Hey. Yeah. I don't know. It sort of probably helps that they were brothers and, mm. you know, they were both in Goodwill Hunting back. That's where it all started for both of them, probably. Well, Casey got a lot of breaks because. Of things that Ben was doing, and but interestingly, Casey was in a, in um some other films before, like independently of Ben, but they were both sort of yeah, around yeah. it, yeah. But yeah, both trying to get their start, I guess. You're definitely right that they would have helped each other. It just happened that Ben sort of shot off to be the biggest movie star for a while, yeah. And then he's now he's one of the best directors, and and now he's Batman. So yeah. So I don't really want to spoil this movie too much because um I didn't know a lot going into it, and I'm grateful that I didn't because. It's not like there's a twist or anything, but as the story unfolds and you realise and understand what's going on in this man's life, it it becomes more interesting and deeper and intertwined. And I I think to give away any of those um, pieces of information would be a disservice to you as a viewer. 
because I don't think a lot of the moments would have had as much of an emotional impact if I had seen them coming. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely agree. We hadn't seen a trailer or anything for this one. Was... We hadn't. All I'd seen was the poster still. Yeah, definitely. Um, so Michelle Williams is in this briefly. Yeah, she's got a minor role, but she bloody knocks you out of the park. Yeah, she does well. Um, Kyle Chandler plays um, Casey's brother. Mm-hmm. Young fella called Lucas Hedges plays um, Casey's nephew in the film. He's really, really good, I thought. Yeah, he was good. Like, he's only young. He's been in a few Wes Anderson films, actually. Has he really? Yeah, and this is one of his first um, bigger roles. He plays a bit of a shithead character. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're not supposed to like him, I don't think. No. He's supposed to understand where he's coming from. He's in a very bad mm. place in his life. And he, he really sells the comedy. So here's something, this film was really marketed, um, to me at least, as a really sad film, like go in with a box of tissues, this is going to break your heart sort of thing. Mm. That, that Twitter exchange you saw about the guy who'd, who'd seen it, like he'd been avoiding sad movies and then he, he saw this and it sort of broke him. You yes, know? yeah. Um, but the film is definitely sad, don't get me wrong, but it's so funny as well. It's really funny. They're really like... light moments. Super funny, like really unexpected moments, really um, nicely timed moments. Like the humour and the um, emo- more emotional moments kind of almost like bounce off each other in a way to have a really nice balance together. Yeah, the, the sad moments make the lighter moments better and vice versa. Yeah, and by doing that, it makes it like the opposite from a melodrama, like mm. the furthest thing from a melodrama. It makes it feel so real and realistic because even when – something traumatic happens or you're going through grief or whatever, things still happen that make you laugh and vice versa. Like it's really... Yeah, I'm sure we all know stories about like, you know, grandpa's just sighed and then someone cracks a joke and everyone's laughing. That's yeah. Sort of, that's what it sort of it felt sort like. It felt like that, yeah. yeah. It was a very, um, it's a very moving film and it's... I think I laughed out loud watching this as much as I cried probably equal amounts. And I would wager that this film is funnier than a lot of comedies you'd see. I agree, yeah. There was something about it. I think what you said about the sad moments, it just lifted the comedy more and mm. it was just so, I don't know, maybe maybe me, we wanted to laugh so then we did. Maybe. But. We saw it in a sympathetic audience too. Like everyone was did. there wanted yeah. to see it, which was good. It's an interesting film. Like it is quite sad, but it's kind of a film about, it's about grief and about loss and about but it's about like family and about moving on too yeah and about how to deal with people in your family and i don't know it's very relatable i think did you watch this like i don't know about you but i watched this and was like i recognized moments that had happened and i was like i've had that exact same thing happen to me that same experience it felt like watching real life yeah. In a really good way. Not in documentary way, though. Yeah, and not in a boring way. Almost as if we were just a fly on the wall just watching these two people mm-hmm. sort of figure out their lives. Now, Roger Ebert once said that something along the lines that the best compliment you can give a film is that you reckon you could go out in the street and see these people mm. walking around. I reckon I could definitely see these people. We've seen these sort of people around. Yeah, yeah. You know, the main guy who's like so on edge all the time and so sad that the littlest thing sets him off. Yeah. You know, the people who've gone through such tragic things yet are still still surviving somehow, yeah. you know, barely. And the interesting thing I thought was how um, this guy has gone through a lot in his life and he's sort of like reaching middle age, how he tries to deal with things versus how this kid who's like 17 deals with stuff. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, you forget how, like we're only in our 20s, so we can't talk about how different teenagers are, but. 
you forget about how people can deal with things when they're young, but then then also how they don't deal with things as well at the same time. And how they repress things a lot. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna watch this one again. I reckon. Well, interesting you say that because you, I think you enjoyed this film more than I did. But now talking about it and remembering it, I'm actually like kind of enjoying it again. Yeah. So that's cool. I thought that I didn't like it very much or didn't like it as much as you, but remembering it, I think I did mm. actually really like it. And I think it would be interesting watching it again now that I know what happens. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, it would make a lot of the, that spoiling, a lot of the first bits would make sense knowing the second bits, you know yes, what I mean? Yeah, yeah definitely. So. Um, one negative I will say, well, it's not really a negative. A lot of the editing frustrated me at times, um, but it was done for a narrative purpose. Yeah, it's like a sort of it's the meandering sort of thing that's going through a life and this is how life happens. Sometimes yeah. it's not a film. It doesn't fall neatly into what's happening, which is, is fine. It's a totally legitimate way, but sometimes it's hard to get your head around, isn't it? Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. Sometimes it was a bit slow for me and then mm. there's a couple of flashback sequences which... Mm frustrated me in one particular moment but then totally made sense when it happened because mm. the flashbacks kind of increased in duration but became faster, the flashbacks to the present, and that was totally reflective of how the character was feeling, remembering sense, something. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I actually thought that was really clever, using a technical aspect to reflect a character's emotional state, mm. don't you think? Mm. Um but it was a tiny bit slow for me and I don't know, there was something there that I didn't like, but as I said, now that we're talking about it again, I think I liked it more than I thought I did. It was slow, I'll, I'll say that, but it fit the movie, like it worked for this mm. film. So, mm. so yeah, you heard it here first, Casey Affleck for the, the best actor. <laughs> what would you rate it out of Sam's? I'm going to go the whole hog. <gasps> really? Five mm. out of five? I think... Because um... those bits that I didn't like, I didn't... Not like them enough, you know. To yep, so. fair enough. I think, but interestingly, before recording this podcast, I would have probably given it like a two and a half. Mm. Now I think I'd give it a four. Well, yeah. okay. Because I've kind of remembered what it was. <laughs> maybe I just have a really bad memory. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Not remembering. I don't know. Just like just appreciate it. Reliving more. it a little bit. Mm, yeah, definitely. You know what you won't see though. What. This film on during the day on TV. <laughs> it's definitely not a daytime film, is it? No. Although, interestingly, the plot could have been done like a daytime yeah. TV really badly, but it's done really well. Everything is excellent. So It's very stylish and very professional, and it, it felt very sure of itself. Like Yeah. It, it knew what it was, and it wasn't trying to do anything too much. I'll tell you what, watching that film in the bloody middle of summer here in Brisbane, and it's all oh, set in Boston in, the, in winter. Can we please go there today? <laughs> just want to leave immediately. Yeah. Okay, thank you for listening. Please tell all your friends and all your acquaintances and all your family and everyone you ever meet. Just walk up to a random person on the street and say, hey, guys, I've got a podcast for you. It's called I Only Like You. You can listen to it on SoundCloud and iTunes. You can leave a review, tell your friends, leave us a star rating, rate us out of Sam's. Possibilities are endless. <laughs> so, yeah, do all that. And we'll see next you next week. week. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Bye. That's why I do milkshakes. Because you have no soul. Well. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.